Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church, Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another, and impacting the world. Good evening, everyone. Uh, this, this evening, we gather together once again to go through the book of Obadiah. And tonight, our series comes to an old, uh, to an old, to a close. Um, now, I must, I must confess, my voice is a bit scratchy. Um, in Awana, we, we got a little bit too excited. So my voice is, doesn't go as long as it used to. So I will sound pitchy tonight. So I will ask in the beginning that you forgive me. Um, and also pray that it will last until the end. Um, the worst thing to happen is my voice runs away. But anyway, tonight we will be looking at the topic justice, well, judgment, justice, and mercy are no myth. Judgment, justice, and mercy are no myth. Now, talking about myths, you've probably heard about the myths of the boogeyman. You've probably heard about Bigfoot. You've probably heard about the Tokoloshi. You've probably heard about the Loch Ness Monster. Or this is a more prominent myth. You've probably heard of the myth of Manchester City winning the Champions League. Now, all of, all of these are stories, when, when we hear people share these stories, we automatically conclude simply that these are myths of time. However, we do, we do live in a country where justice and judgment also seem to be as much a myth as Bigfoot or the Boogeyman. We live in a country where dockets go missing, backlogs of forensic DNA evidence, police are corrupt, the government is known for corruption, criminals still run the streets, and crime is on the rapid incline. If our beloved country is anything to go by, then surely judgment and justice are a myth. Perpetrators are walking freely. They are running riots on the streets of the land. In their pride and arrogance, they continue to oppress those who are lowly and they continue to prey on the weak. The psalmist would say of them, In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. He sits in ambush, in ambush in the villages. In hiding places, he murders the innocent. His eyes stealthily watch for the helpless. He lurks in ambush like a lion in his thicket. He lurks like he may seize the poor. He seizes the poor when he draws him into his nest. The helpless are crushed, sink down and fall by his might. He says in his heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see. Is this true? Is it true that God has indeed forgotten the helpless? Is it true that, that, that those who pursue the helpless or the, the helpless who are being pursued and persecuted, their prayers are falling on deaf ears? Is it true that God has ignored the plight of the afflicted? Will the oppression of Judah by her own cousin Edom be overlooked by God? With that said, turn with me to Obadiah. Obadiah, tonight we consider verses 15 to the end. That is verses 
15 to 21. But for those who missed our series, I'll just read for us from verse 1. The vision of Obadiah. Thus says the Lord God concerning Edom. We have heard a report from the Lord and a message has been sent among the nations. Rise up, let us rise against her for battle. Behold, I will make you small among the nations. You shall be utterly despised. Verse 3. The pride of your heart has deceived you. You who live in the cliffs of the rock, in your lofty dwelling, who say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? Though you soar aloft like the eagle, though your nest is among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. If thieves come to you, if plunderers come by night, how you have been destroyed, would they not steal only enough for themselves? If grape gatherers came to you, would they not leave gleaning? How Esau has pillaged his treasures sought out. All your, all your allies have driven you to your border. Those at peace with you have deceived you. They have prevailed against you. Those who eat your bread have set a trap beneath you. You have no understanding. Will I not on that day, declares the Lord, destroy the wise men of Edom? The understanding out of Mount Esau, and your mighty men shall be dismayed, O Teman, so that every man from Mount Esau will be cut off by slaughter. Verse 10. Because of the violence done to your brother Jacob, shame shall cover you, and you shall be cut off forever. On the day that you stood aloof, on the day that strangers carried off his wealth, and foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem, you were like one of them. But do not gloat. Do not gloat over the day of your brother in the day of his misfortune. Do not rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their ruin. Do not boast in the day of distress. Do not enter the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Do not gloat over his disaster in the day of his calamity. Do not loot his wealth in the day of his calamity. Do not stand at the crossroads to cut off his fugitives. Do not hand over his survivors in the day of distress. For the day of the Lord is near. Upon all the nations, as you have done, it shall be done to you. Your deeds shall return on your own head. For you have drunk on my holy mountain, so all the nations shall drink continually. They shall drink and swallow and shall be as though they have never been. But, but in Mount Zion, there shall be those who escape. It shall be holy, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. The house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau's stubble. They shall burn, they shall burn them and consume them, and there shall be no survivor for the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken. Verse 19. Those of the Negeb shall possess Mount Esau, and those of the Shephelah shall possess the land of the Philistines, and those, and, sorry, they shall possess the land of Ephraim and the land of Samaria, and Benjamin shall possess Gilead. The exiles of this host of the peoples of Israel shall possess the land of the Canaanites as far as Zarephath, and the exiles of Jerusalem who are in Shepherd shall possess the cities of, of the Negeb. Saviors shall go up to Mount Zion to rule Mount Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Let's pray together.
because of the violence done to your brother Jacob, shame shall cover you and you shall be cut off forever. God, you reminded us of the sin of the Edomites, Lord, in the last two weeks. And God, tonight, as we look at your triumphant victory, Lord, I I pray that you'd continue to allow us to examine our own hearts. Lord, examine our own hearts to see, Lord, if there be any weakness within us, to see, Lord, if we have been consumed in pride, to see if we are not those who are perpetrators against the people of God who are liable for judgment. God, we do pray that as we go through your word, that God, your spirit would minister to us. I pray, Father, that you'd bring us much understanding. Lord, give us the ability to apply your word directly into our lives. Lord, bring to surface sin issues, Lord, that we've been covering for days on end. Help us, Lord, to repent of them this day. I pray, Father, as your mouthpiece, Lord, that you would use me, sanctify my lips, Lord, sanctify my thoughts as I speak. May I speak as one who's been sent by you. Cut even for something as small as my voice, Lord. I pray that you'd keep it to the end. Lord, help me to speak with, with joy and assurance and conviction of the truths that, God, you have revealed to me. But, God, I pray that this time that we spend together in fellowship over your word, that, God, you would bless it. That, God, you would receive the glory that is due to your name. And, God, please use your word to encourage and to challenge our hearts. For, God, this we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So this morning, the oh, morning, this evening, the first thing I'd like us to consider is judgment and justice. Judgment and justice. In verse 15, we read these words. For the day of the Lord is near upon all the nations. As you have done, it shall be done to you. Your deeds shall return on your own head. For as you have drunk on my holy mountain, so all the nations shall drink continually And they shall drink and swallow and shall be as though they had never been. The fool says in their hearts that there is no God, for the day of the Lord is near for all the nations. Though the wicked prosper for a while, I must also say that man, it does feel that they are prospering for a while. It appears that they scent, the the scent of evil, the scent of the wicked is lasting for days on end. It feels as though the end won't come. It seems as though the safest response in times like these is, if we cannot beat them, why don't we join them? It seems as though the heavens are deaf to the pleas of the righteous as they are oppressed day and night by the deeds and by the actions of the wicked. But church, rest assured, rest assured that judgment is coming. Judgment and justice is coming for the day of the Lord is near upon all the nations. God declared to the Edomites that that as they have done, so it shall be done to them, but worse. We saw last week that they gloated. They rejoiced at Judah's distress. They boasted, they attacked, they looted, they stood at the crossroads to cut off his fugitives. They handed over survivors to their pursuers. But in all this, the Lord was watching. Friends, the Lord sees the sins of mankind. He will remember the iniquities of the wicked and he will punish sins. Our God will punish sins. Church and friends, 
Do not mistake the momentary delay of judgment as ignorance from God. God is a God who loves holiness, for holiness is who he is. He is infinitely holy. He is omniscient in that he knows all the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. He is omnipresent in that he is actively witnessing the sins of sinful humanity. humanity. But he is also just. He is just and therefore he cannot let sin go unpunished. Peter wrote this to the suffering church. He says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burnt up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed." There's nothing that we do today that God will not expose. Edom was exposed. It says in our passage, For just as they have drunk on God's holy mountain, so all the nations shall drink continually. But I have to say as an aside, I want you to notice there it says, For just as they have drunk on God's holy mountain. The nation Israel suffered affliction from God's holy mountain. Affliction is not reserved for those outside the gates of the church. Your faith and your righteousness will not guarantee you freedom from suffering and affliction, but it will guarantee you joy. It will guarantee you joy, hope, and strength to endure in your seasons of hardships. So do note that it was from the mountain of God that the nation was afflicted. But it's also from the mountain of God that the nation will receive its help. So back to our text. For just as they have drunk from God's holy mountain, so all the nations shall drink continually. Lamentations chapter 4 verse 21 and 22 are heaven on the board there. Rejoice and be glad, O daughter of Edom, you who dwell in the land of us. But to you also the, the cup shall pass. You shall become drunk and strip yourself bare. Verse 22. The punishment of your iniquity, O daughter of Zion, is accomplished. He will keep you in exile no longer, but your iniquity, O daughter of Edom, he will punish. He will uncover your sins. Remember the covenant passed down from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob? The covenant that Esau would have known as, as, as back to Esau, and Esau would have known as he was the heir to Isaac. We see this in Genesis chapter 12 verse 3 where God said, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. The Edomites, the descendants of Esau must have known this as well, but they ignored it. They cursed Israel, and so they will be cursed. In fact, they were cursed. The bitter cup that Israel drank on God's holy mountain, the cup of adversity and torment will come back to the Edomites. The cup will come back around to Edom, and all the nations, they will drink from the winepress of the wrath of God. They shall drink and swallow, and shall be as though they have never been the Edomites will be consumed by the wrath of God. 
Galatians chapter 6 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows in his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Friends, you will get what you deserve. If you invest in sin and flesh, then you will reap sin and flesh and you will receive for all eternity the consequences of the deeds that you have done in your flesh. Church, we need a savior. Edom received what they deserved. But church, if you invest in righteousness... If you invest in righteousness and godliness, then you'll also receive for all eternity the benefits thereof. That right there is justice. As you have done, so it will be done for you, to you. The terrifying thing about the story of the Edomites is that they received exactly what they deserved. And again, church, we need a savior. We need a savior to deliver us from the wrath to become, for we too are guilty of transgressing against the holy God. We too will be judged for the deeds done in the flesh. We need good news. And that's my next point. Justice and mercy. Verse 17 and 18 say, But in Mount Zion there shall be those who escape. It shall be holy, and the house of Jacob shall possess their own possessions. The house of of Jacob shall be fire, and the house of Joseph a flame. And the house of Esau stubble, they shall burn them and consume them. And there shall be no survivor for the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken. The kingdom of God will overcome the nations. Israel will not be destroyed. Though they suffered for a while, they will be triumphant because of their faith in God. Edom will be devoured to stubble. But Israel was only being refined like gold. God will preserve for himself a remnant. Isaiah 51 verse 22 to 23 says this, Behold, I have taken from your hand the cup of staggering, the bowl of my wrath. You shall drink no more, and I will put it into the hand of your tormentors who have said to you, bow down, that we may pass over, and you have made your back like the ground and and like the street for them to pass over. It's worth noting that when the Edomites heard about the hope that the Israelites had in God, they might have laughed. It seemed impossible that Israel would be triumphant over the nations. I mean, they were being handed over to their enemies. They were on their knees. Where is this victory going to come from? Where is this hope? It seemed to be a myth. Many times we find ourselves in the same situation. Where we are on our knees, it doesn't seem that victory will come from anywhere. It seems as though we have been handed over to the enemy, the, 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 the prince of the power of this age, the, the, the ruler of darkness. Where will victory come from? It seems as though the world is mocking us as a church for having hope in a world that seems to be hopeless. Is it a myth that victory is coming for all who believe? Church, it's no myth. 
For the Lord has spoken. The Lord has spoken. Edom has been destroyed. Rome had come in and put the final nail in the coffin of the nation. They experienced and are experiencing justice under the wrath of God. But there is today... There is today a remnant of the nation Israel that continues to grow. Church, the kingdom of God remains. It is being established. Our God will reign forever. The Lord has spoken. All who rejected Christ, all who are still in their sins, all who oppress and persecute and mock God and his church will be judged. Justice will be served. Though it tarries for a while, it is sure and it is dreadful, for it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. The Lord has spoken. All who trust in him will persevere to the end. For blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. God will save them and they will reign with him for all eternity. I enjoyed the words of a commentator. Um, and I have them on the screen. He said, The gospel day is a day that burns like an oven, in which all the proud and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. Jacob and Joseph shall be as fire and flame, for those that meddle with them to do them hurt will find that they do so at their prevail, peril. Sorry, They shall be to them as a torch of fire in a sheaf. The word of God in the mouth of his ministers is said to be like fire and the people as wood to be devoured by it. And the man of sin is to be consumed by the breath of Christ's word. Those that are not refined as gold by fire of the gospel shall be consumed as dross by it. For it shall be a savior, a sever either of life or of death. Verse 19 to 21 reads, Those of the Negeb, which was in the south, shall possess Mount Esau, and those of the Shephelah, which was at the west, shall possess the land of the Philistines. They shall possess the land of Ephraim and the land of Samaria, which was at the north. And Benjamin shall possess Gilead, which was in the east. All directions are covered. Verse 20, The exiles of his host the exile of this host of the people of Israel shall possess the land of the Canaanites as far as Zarephath and the exiles of Jerusalem who are in Shepherd shall possess the cities of the Negeb. So, sorry, saviors shall go up from Mount Zion to rule Mount Esau and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. I hope you didn't miss it. What we see in this passage is that Israel will possess the nations to the north, the nations to the south, nations to the east, and the nations to the west. God will give the nation victory over all the nations that taunted, persecuted, and tormented them. But the prophet, the prophet Obadiah does not just refer to the repossession of Jerusalem alone, but he's also talking about the worldwide recognition of God's reign. All the nations of the world will bow down before our great King Jesus. Revelation 3 verse 21 says, The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne. As I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne, our God will reign. 
and all who believe in him will reign with him. But it must be said, it must be said that the nation Israel did not experience mercy, of, mercy from God because they were a perfect nation. But they received mercy because justice will be served in Christ as grace flows from the cross. The nation Israel experienced all this suffering because remember they had sinned against the holy God and thus had to suffer at the hands of the enemies. God was dealing with the nation Israel. But he was also sanctifying for himself a remnant to be a better representation for him and his kingdom. Likewise, those who serve the Lord in faith today do not do so because we possess a righteous status in and of ourselves. Because church, we too are guilty of sin. All we like sheep have gone astray and are deserving of the wrath of God. So then, how will God curse our disobedience and still bring us to himself? See, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ is one of the greatest simultaneous displays of justice and injustice in history. Jesus was innocent before God and before man. Before man, he was trialed and they found no fault in him. Before God, he was obedient to death, even death on a cross. In him, the righteousness of God dwelt and not in him was an ounce of sin. So then again, how will God curse our, disobedi our disobedience and still bring us to himself? Well, God accomplished this through the work of Jesus. Jesus Christ, our propitiation, our perfect substitute. Paul writes, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Our sins were put on Jesus at the cross. They were imputed into his account in the same pattern as the Old Testament sacrifices. Jesus offered himself as our sacrifice on the throne of God. Hebrews 10 and verse 10 says this, And by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Church, that was the great exchange. The transfer of our sin to Jesus in exchange for his righteousness to us. So while the cross was a horrific example of human injustice, it was also a necessary work of God's justice. Remember, God cannot ignore sin. He cannot let sin go unpunished. So he dealt with our sins on the cross. On the cross, God was reconciling to himself his people through Jesus Christ. So then, today, as we pursue after Jesus and suffer for his sake, today, as we stand as lights in the, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation which continues to mock and scoff at God today, as we stand in a world that hates his word and hates us who stand for his word and, and inflict us with suffering and persecution, what then can we hold on to? Well, the encouragement is be assured. Be assured that we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. 
We are inflicted in every way but not crushed. We are perplexed but not driven to despair. We are persecuted but not forsaken. We are struck down but not destroyed. Always carrying in the, in the body the death of Jesus. So the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Church, our suffering will not last forever. It is temporary. The Apostle Paul calls our suffering light affliction. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. God will have the final say. All who live in sin will be crushed and destroyed forever. But all who live in Christ will live forever. The question then tonight is, what will become of you? Let's pray. Father, we, we read the words from the prophet Obadiah to the Edomites. God rebuking them of their sin and, and telling them, Lord, stating with much clarity the judgment, the sure judgment which is coming their way. God, you are a God who loves holiness. In fact, your word says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And as you are a holy God and a just God, you will punish sin. So God, I pray for those in our midst who are not believers. God, I pray that you'd help them to recognize that they are currently living in sin. They are currently living in the desires of their flesh. Lord, they are currently following after the prince of the power of this age. God, they are currently, Lord, headed as sheep to the slaughter. God, on them rests the wrath of God. Father, it's a dreaded thing. God, I pray tonight that you'd through your spirit, reveal to them the good news. The good news that Jesus Christ came, he took on himself the sins of mankind and he died on that cross. That all who believe in him will like he raised from the dead, will be raised to life with him and live for all eternity. So I pray, Father, that your gospel, Lord, would reach the hearts and souls of mankind tonight. Lord, for believers, Lord, who are currently dabbling in sin, Lord, living in habitual sin, Lord, as, as if our God cannot see. I pray that you'd convict them tonight. Lord, help them to see the sure destruction of the Edomites. I pray, Father, that they would know that, God, you are, you are a God who will chastise those whom you love. God, to purify us and to sanctify us. But God, I also pray for the righteous in our midst. Lord, those who day by day are striving to, to honor you, Lord, with their lips, with their thoughts, and with their actions. But, Lord, they still go through persecution. Lord, they're still suffering, Lord, because of the effects of sin in this world. Lord, their hearts are burdened, Lord, because of the reality of darkness in and around us. Lord, won't you encourage them tonight, Lord, I pray. God, it was by the stripes of Jesus that we are healed. By his nail-pierced hands, we are free. By his blood, we are washed clean. Now we have the victory. The power of sin is broken. Jesus overcame it all. He has won our freedom. Hallelujah, he has won the victory. Hallelujah, he has won it 
all for me. My God is triumphant, and therefore I can live in hope. Thank you, Lord, for your word and for your word which is true. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.